good. Welcome to another episode of Onside Punt. The lists have been cut. The players have got... Well, some of them have gone home. And <laughs> it's week one. Does that, Kat, does that make footy's back? Please footy is back. Football is back, 100%. Yeah. I think and, we misled people by saying it was back in the uh, preseason. But now it's really back. Yeah. It's live. We're live. <laughs> We're, it's coming. It's coming with a... With the pace I've never felt in my life, Cad. We need it. I need it. I thought it was this weekend, but it's not. It's next weekend. Yeah. So, uh, that so, was odd, hey, because, uh, like, you know, we're recording these ahead of time because we've got some chunky episodes on the yeah. weekend. And, you know, as I said, I was glad the preseason is over. Mm. But I'm also crushed that there's no football to watch this weekend. It was, it was, yeah, it was sort of like we've built up, we built up, and then it was like pause. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> Can yeah. we just jump into it? Can we just jump into it? I but, know what, you know, yeah. beauty of it gives us the time to prepare for literally a big week one preview. Yeah, and we need it too. We're so big. We're going to be splitting up. We're going to be doing a part one and part two. So this mm. is going to give you a wrap of the first week. So we're going to preview as much as we can about each team. The expectations. Obviously, we won't have the final list of teams. Mm. Uh, who's going to be lining up, but we'll give you an understanding so you can get those tips in because we know you need to. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And I think um, for any, I guess, uh, NFL rookie fans out there, day, like game day teams are announced night before, generally when we're sleeping. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's always a day-to-day. Some teams apparently like the... Um, the Cardinals uh, are not even going to tell anyone who their quarterback is until I think the game begins for some sort of competitive advantage. So you got to keep an eye on it. You got to make sure uh, you know who's running onto that field that day. Yeah, you generally the when you're looking at your tips. So the teams that play on our Monday will not be released when you're doing your tips on the Thursday Friday. So. You've mm-hmm. got a, it's a really hard thing to factor in because they only have to announce their final list 24 hours before the game. So in a basis, so good luck to you. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it takes if you if you if you want to win it, you got to be serious about it. Like uh, last year with fantasy, as I think I've told you, homie, I'd mm. routinely wake up at about two in the morning to you know do your general little midnight visit to the bathroom. Yeah, and at the time I would go check my fantasy lineup because the the game would start at three in the morning, so I had to make sure the right players yeah. were on the board. <laughs> and you've got to um, as well. Like it's not like AFL and NRL; the odds are misleading. Uh, you sort of think, "Oh, that's a heavy favorite." If you're looking at the odds, and that could trick you because it's it can be a lot closer. As we, as we'll go through when we get into the teams as well. It could be a better defense versus a better offense, you know, that yep. kind of thing. A star so, player could be out that really yeah. does direct the game. Yeah, and it's like that home and away element, you know. What, what, what's the stat, Cad? 60%, you know? Yeah, so 60, oh, 53 maybe percent of the time. And, oh, who knows? But <laughs> could be, could be, it's different every season. And you might just be custard, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note as well, as Holmy mentioned with the tipping comp, it is... Nearly your last chance to join our Onside Punt inaugural tipping comp. We've got a bunch of people who have joined, which we're really excited about. should be a really fun competition. The link will be in the bio. Password, Onside Punt Pod. That is all one word, Onside Punt Pod. Get amongst it for your chance to win an NFL jersey if you're choosing. I'm excited, homie. I'm nervous. There's that like, you know, we were talking about our strategies the other day and you were like, 
I just go gut feeling and I lock it in. Yep. And I respect it because I think it's the best way to not just absolutely torture yourself. And I've spent, you know, maybe half an hour going through back and forth. Oh, but what about this? Oh, but you know, no, the the favorites aren't always the favorites. (laughs) Yeah. It's killing me. Put them in early. Forget about it and hope for the best. That's yeah. that's my theory. But but now I've got to review them because it's like I, I go so early with my tips that I've got to check in again now because, yeah. you know, also, can everyone stop sending me what jersey they want? Like, <laughs> Who sent you an order? Oh, I've got four. I've got a Ravens order. I've got a Bills order. I've got, what was the other one? Uh, Vikings order. Yeah, it's oh, uh, okay. oh, it's, yeah. The, people have picked their teams as well, Cat. I've, I've got a lot of people picking the teams. We've got a Lions fan I'm aware of who's yep. brand new to the league, so he's jumping on the Lions, which I love. Yeah, I see. I think Sandy's locked down the Vikings. I think she likes Sandy. The yeah, yeah. I like uh, that very much. Yeah, big so, fan of that one. Sorry, Sandy, if you've changed your mind since then, but you're now locked in as a Vikings. It's fan. on the record. Yep. Yep. Kirko, Kirko chains Justin Jefferson. Get yep. around him. Yeah, she probably loves the. Dad swag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, best of luck to everyone. And homie, we've got a lot to get to. So let's dive into the news. All right, Kat, the biggest news from the week was obviously the teams announcing their cut rosters. So that was reducing Mm. from 90 down to 53 players. And within that, they've also gone and named the 16 players that will be a part of the practice squad. It's a lot to track. It's a lot of rookies more than anything. So you, yeah. you know, it's a free agency. There's not a lot of news out of it. Maybe if you follow a certain team, go check them specifically. But it's not your big name players. It's not a lot to worry about in terms of that. So uh, we won't go into that finer detail, but just obviously now the teams are working themselves out. We've got a better understanding of who's doing what. But there was some exciting news. Lou Headley, the Australian mm. punter uh, at the at the Saints, he was named as a part of the squad for them. So very exciting news for him. It's an awesome story. Uh, Lou is a scuffy in uh, Perth and just decided he wanted a bit of change in his life. Went through with our friends Pro Kick Australia, battled through, got through to college at University of Miami, I believe, and then... Fought, had to actually fight for this position of punter. Yep, he did. And made the squad for the Saints, which is just excellent to see another Aussie come through, further proving our dominance in that position. But there was some uh, some sad news for another Australian. Yeah, Aaron Sipos, he's, he's been pushed to the practice squad. Mm. A lot of articles saying this is based on his Super Bowl kick like that. The Super Bowl kick with the Eagles? Yeah. yeah which yeah. they say led to the loss uh, of the game. Many yeah. things did. I, w- I just don't know why they put that on Aaron. Well, they could have tackled and, and him. And so late as well. Yeah. <laughs> they could have tackled Tony. Like, it wasn't that. Like, the kick was misdirected, but it could have. they could have laid him down. But it's a tough sport. It's cutthroat. This is going to happen. He can work his way back onto the main team from there. Absolutely. And I think like, Homie made a great point last episode where he said a bad day in the NFL is bad. Yes. And <laughs> is really bad. And I think... It was in reference to, to Bailey Zappi, who I think I commented and highlighted as a zero, despite how much I like Bailey. Uh, he is the backup quarterback for the Patriots, where he ran off trying to escape a tackle, then just kind of turned around and went straight back into the tackle, which just looked incredibly dumb and stupid. And unfortunately, he got dropped from the backup quarterback position for the Patriots. 
and uh, put onto the trainings. Oh, he got cut, homie, and then he reappeared on the training squad. This is a weirder story. This is probably the bigger, not the biggest story, but the one I was most intrigued out of these cuts. The Patriots cut all their quarterbacks except for Matt Jones. They left it with, like, that's weird, right? They allowed three this year. <laughs> yeah, the new ruling says you can have three in light of, you know, Brock Purdy last year and, and the Dolphins needed yeah. their third. But then they were like, yeah, yeah. Don't, and the, yeah, we don't need it. We'll just have one and yeah. we'll, we'll so, see. So dropped them all and then just picked them all back up again uh, and chucked them on the practice squad. So an odd way to do things. I don't know. Belichick's just doing what he does in his own world. And for some reason, a lot of people are okay with that. Yeah, yeah he's he's got the merit to do it, unfortunately. I will do a little side note. Kate York, my, um, my zero for last week. He got cut. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it, wasn't bad. it was a bad preseason. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh. Moving on. Uh, contract news. We've still got the two holdouts, Nick Bosa and Chris Jones. So Nick Bosa from the 49ers, Chris Jones from the Chiefs. It's been reported Nick Bosa could land the biggest non-quarterback deal of all time. Wow. That's what Chris Jones wants. Yeah. <laughs> But we're concerned now. We're not sure if it's going to happen before the season starts. Yeah, I think a lot of 49ers fans are sleeping a bit restless is what we can see on social media because, yes, the the superstars that are, you know, line the 49ers, which we'll, of course, talk about in their matchup. Nick Bosa is a big part of that on the defense. And without him, it's a key weapon they're losing. I I saw some great commentary on this and I thought it wrapped it up the best. It's like Nick Bosa has Purdy. Chris Jones has Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. Like, like the Chiefs have got time. Yeah. <laughs> the 49ers, 49ers do, not have, do, not. do not have time. <laughs> like, they need to lock him down. Like, Defensive Player of the Year last year is mm-hmm. pivotal to their success. And I think we need that deal done, but that'll be we'll be watching that. And we were talking about this uh, with Chris Jones from the Chiefs earlier today, homie. Now, I saw Travis Kelsey putting out some pleas to Chris Jones saying, please, Chris, come back, you're scaring me. <laughs> which is probably very fair. But you read something interesting about the contract there. You cannot actually sit out the whole season. Well, you can, but then it gets told. So that's spelling T-O-L-L-E-D, told. So it means if you sit out the whole whole season, that contract is suspended and you have to resume the following season. So if you've got one year to run on your contract, you sit out, the club gets you for another year without having to renew that contract. They won't be sitting out the whole season, either of them. Um, they'll be back at some point. They have to be. Otherwise, mm. they have to go around again. Run it again. <laughs> yeah, so that's so we'll be definitely watching that. Jonathan Taylor is still listed on the pup list. Four weeks is expected not to return. Now, I read in an article quite interesting about what the GM was saying uh, about Jonathan Taylor, the running back from the Colts. And from his comments, it's pretty evident that the relationship there is severed. This is the quote, homie. He says, I'm not going to sit here and give you some rosy picture like everything's okay. It sucks for the Colts. Sucks for Jonathan Taylor. Sucks for our fans. It's where we're at and we've got to work through it. And we're going to do everything we can. Relationships are repairable. They are repairable. So, of course, inferring that. It's pretty icy over in Colts camp between Taylor Mm. and the team. Colts fans have got to be nervous about this. Nervous about his performance. And Cooper Cup, homie, no luck there at the moment for oh. the, uh, the wide receiving gun. Or your oh. fantasy team, and that I'll just... Oh. There, so. The sneaky hamstring. Day to day, they said, 
They said to me, day to day. <laughs> ah, they're sneaking Is it in. tomorrow, homie? Is yeah. it the day after? Yeah, it's day to day, but it's not <laughs> looking good day to day. Uh, he looks like he's going to be having a bit of trouble. Hamstrings are, they, they, can, be, they can be annoying, but yep. I'd rather him sit out and come back stronger. You know, there's no, I don't feel there's a great deal of need no to No rush risk on him. the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Which not we'll really get into a little bit later. Yeah, there's there's not a there's not a lot to write home about, but uh, I think he's fine. I think he's just just protecting himself a little bit longer. They'll make sure he's good to go. All right, with that, let's dive in. Oh, it's to game the time! Preview. It's game time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, homie. Here it is, the start of the week one preview, kicking off on Friday, September 8th. It is the Lions traveling to Kansas City for Mm. the Battle of Hype. Oh, bring the hype, Cad. Bring the hype. (laughs) The Chiefs coming off their second Super Bowl victory, projected to be just as dominant as they were last season. And then you've got the Lions, who are expected to continue their upward trajectory, not only crack the playoffs, but... You know, a lot of saying compete for the top spots in their division in conference. There's, you know, there's hype to manage yeah. on either side of these of the of this ball. It's an interesting battle here because it's it's proven versus need to prove, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, mm. it's like like you probably half of you probably wouldn't have heard Jared Goff's name spoken about in the preseason or leading up. You know, he's little known, but he sits behind a hugely aggressive O-line that creates so much time and space for him. You know, they give up the least amount of sacks in 2022. But the Chiefs, the hangover's not going to hurt them, you know? (laughs) They're the big dog on campus, you know? Look, they are. They are the big dog on campus. They've got, you know, Patty Mahomes. They've got a stacked receiver core. Their defense is great. Travis Kelsey's always there. But I don't know. I have this idea of, like, Chiefs coming in, they're a little mm. bit comfortable. They're a little bit arrogant, maybe just you know a bit cozy. Ah, uh, you you think they've got the hangover? You think I the think hangover? they've got the hangover? Yeah, I think okay. they're smarmy. These, <laughs> these Chiefs, <laughs> and they well deserve to be because they're excellent last year. Uh, and I I don't know. I, I, it's a big call. It's against very large odds, but I see this Lions team getting an early upset. And I think I want to condition this for all of our previews. Week one is different mm. to the rest of the season. And we said this last year, homie, when we were tipping uh, together and it was every four weeks we're like, oh, did the league just change again? Week yeah. eight, did the league just change again? Yeah, yeah. Everything you see in week one isn't exactly a note of what's going to happen. And the best teams get stumped uh, by the, the, the lower teams. Underdogs come through. I'm going for a big upset here. I like it. Yeah, you're gonna lock it in. I'm I'm locking that in. I, I understand. Ah. It's it's hard. You know, the Lions are short staffed due to their many gambling issues. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson Williams uh, will not be taking to the field until week seven. Um, we will get to see Jameer Gibbs, the rookie who we've yep. highlighted a ton, which is exciting. I'm on Ra St. Brown leading the wide receiver room. Uh, I put a note in here that you know Goff and Amon Ra are kind of like. The Aldi version of Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. <laughs> the <laughs> Aldi version. <laughs> what, you have to pack it yourself? 
I, I think that there's a great connection that can be there, um, but it's not as flashy or as proven as, as Kirk, Kirko and Jefferson. Um, but the Lions have this huge upside and their trajectory is there. I would also say on the defense, keep an eye out for Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, it's his second year at defensive end. He finished his first year with nine and a half sacks. I think the numbers are only on the way up for these boys. Uh, you've got a lot of merit there. I think like the Lions built something last year, and if they continue that, it, it's it could be endless capped. Like I mean, its potential is uncapped. But Absolutely. The question marks for me is still around the running backs, like untested, their new group now. You know. Yep. Which they relied on heavily last year. Yeah, Jamal yep. Williams and DeAndre Swift had a, a powerful duo. Yeah, and they're both gone now. So like, while we've got Jameer Gibbs, I want to see the performance now. It's going to be mm. that's where that's where that's my question mark over them. Um, yeah, I don't have that question mark over the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think it's a fair point, and I, to mine it, it, I think it supports my kind of theory that it's all on the defense. Yeah. The Lions here to, yeah. to contain the Chiefs and, and get some stops early. So if they can do that, I've no doubt that the Lions can uh, put on a good scoring game against the Chiefs defense. I think it should be high points, high yielding. It'll be my wedding day. You and I will be uh, <laughs> you know, getting ready and watching the game. Um, so I'm hoping it's a, it's just a showdown. All I want is a good game for that day. But yeah. if I could choose, I'm, I'm going to go with a rough call and, and back the Lions. You're chipping the Chiefs, I'm, I assume. Yeah, I'm staying with the Chiefs. Obviously, Patty Mahomes. He's. Um, I saw. You know, you saw five minutes of him in in preseason. All those connections. <laughs> That's all you needed to see. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. They've lost. <laughs> doesn't matter who they've lost. He's got to hit him again. They're building a dynasty. Travis Kelsey's back. You know, it's it's the old it's the old show. And yep. but I do want a good game. I I'm more nervous about. We need this to be a blockbuster. Like, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a, give me a touchdown to win it or something or a field goal. Even I don't love it as much as a touchdown, but we'll take it. We need a good okay. outcome. Chiefs I think man. the script script writers will make it happen, mate. With the Lions upset, it's oh. something different. They're gonna start <laughs> <laughs> get that hype train going. Yes, that's it. That's it. Moving on to September 11th, we've got Panthers heading to the Falcons. Cad Falcons. Must win, right, to get their season going the right way. They can't drop this game. Absolutely. Like, they simply have to get this game. Panthers are a division rival. They need to dominate them early. You know, they're up against the Saints kind of in the standings here when it's uh, in their division. So really what we're tracking is the performance of both of these teams, and it's really important against your division rivals. So the Saints will play them in week two. Yep. And we need to see the Falcons dominate them to make sure they can stay in, in match with the with the Saints there. The Falcons have been building and behind QB, Desmond Ritter, technically still a rookie, you would say, you know? Yeah, um, only four games experience last year. Showed some signs of early symmetry in the preseason. There's a lot still to, to figure out about, can he lead this building offense? Is this going to be the quarterback that takes them through for the next few years? Yeah, and they've got... Like wide receiver Drake London, he's obviously one that they're looking to have a breakout season as well. Uh, he's been building as well, so there's there's definitely signs of a good nucleus here. Yeah, it was it was interesting last year. I was having a review of this, and Atlanta spread their receiving touchdowns over seven different players, and I guess the only clear standout was Drake London, but he only had four touchdowns. 
Yeah. And so, that, you know, Matt Ryan, I believe, was the old quarterback. They need to get this developed with Desmond and get this passing game going. Lucky for them, though, they've got a new engine in the uh, running back room in rookie B. John Robinson. The hype is real about this bloke. I could, do you imagine the fans on this day when Bijan, he'll get a TD, I reckon. You call it a TD? Yeah, okay. I'll call it. I'll call it early. Their fans will go off. Like, poor Tyler Ajir as well, though. Like, be pushed to second. Like, mm. he, he had a great, I think he averaged, it was over five yards per carry as a running back. Like, which in any other team would be your starter. And he, he gets pushed to the secondary. So Yeah, I, and I think they're going to be a great combination. It might yeah. suck for Tyler, but it, I think it's a real benefit to the team. Those duos of running backs is really what I love watching in the game, and I think it gets a more fl- flexible offense. Uh, the bar to reach for Bijan, though, will be Saquon Barkley's rookie year. <laughs> 1,307 yards, 91 receptions, and 15 touchdowns. Now, so if he's going to be this great, I think those stats need to be up there for someone to to reference them across. I feel like everyone referenced the Saquon Barclays like rookie year as the metric, and it's like he's ruined all running backs for the future. Yeah. Like that, that rookie <laughs> year, for, for is, any of their that's rookie off years. the chain. Like that's off the chain to think that he like he could produce. But they've put him in that class. They've put him in. They that have. They yeah. put him in that class, and you know. I think it's not really more on Bijan to, to do this. It's pretty much to the people who have hyped him up this much. They need to check that he is actually going to be up near, near Saquon's record to, to say who he is going to be or who he already is. You know, you see it in fantasy. People are taking Bijan like in the first round. It's like, all right, you better be producing yeah. these yeah. type of numbers nice and early. Now, the Panthers, on the end, other hand, um, I'm looking for these connections between... Bryce Young, of course, the rookie QB, number one pick in the draft, um, and Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst. Yeah. So, you know, DJ Chark, I think he said last week his goal is to be ready for week one. Um, he's also recovering from a string injury, which is a recurring thing we're going <laughs> to see this week. They <laughs> love the string. string. Not the string. So, so keep an eye on that. Um, I would say in the running back room of the Panthers side, not as dynamic yeah. as what the Falcons have. Miles Sanders ex running back from the Eagles is uh is playing or is listed as a starter but currently has a tweak in his groin and hasn't been confirmed to play so keep an eye on that one as well. Yeah, it's a bit it makes it a bit challenging for the young quarterback there with not having those running back elements for them. So I worry a little bit about his exposure based on that his O-line will need to protect him. And uh cuz otherwise they're coming. They're coming. Yeah. Hard. And, and, you know, as you say, he doesn't have that option to take the pressure off his rookie passing. Um, The backup who would play is uh, Chuba Hubbard. Could be Chuba, but I hope it's Chuba Hubbard. (laughs) I hope so too. (laughs) I I told myself I'm laughing then. Sorry, uh, Hubbard. So he only got uh, 466 yards last season. And for context, in Sanders' second year, he had double those yards. So... It's a. It's not exactly the hand that they're going to need. Um, the defense is going to have to stop the run here. JC Horn at quarterback uh, on the line. Frank Louvu will be looking to build on his uh, high seven sacks last year. Pressuring overall, like I said, this is a game I expect the Falcons to win. Um, if they drop it, it'll put some big question marks over their season pretty early, and put uh, some big credits in in Bryce Young's camp for sure. Yeah. 
But if the Panthers win, woo, the lid is off. Nah, too early. <laughs> too early. Not a chance. But. <laughs> Uh, I think the Falcons are, are going to take advantage. They've got a multifaceted offense here in their running room and their receiving core, uh, and also at tight end. They've got an upgraded defense. It's against a mixed bag offense of the Panthers. Um, I think Falcons are going to take this one for sure. Moving on, we've got the Texans traveling to Baltimore. The buzz of Baltimore, Cad. It's getting a bit exciting in the old purple town. So, <laughs> But... Question for you straight off the bat. Mm. Will we see less run, more pass? From Lamar Jackson, who has said yes. that he's going to run less, yes. pass more. Yes. Look, gonna... I think interesting question straight off the bat. I, I think as nice as it is to say these things, he's going to look down the yard. Yes, he's got some great receivers this year. If they stay healthy, he's got OBJ. He's got uh, Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, of course. But... If things get stuck, he's going to move those feet. I have no doubt in my mind that it's just instinct to him. He's trying to block something that he's done and excelled at for so long. Unfortunately, however, <laughs> keeps getting him into yeah, injury yeah, trouble yeah, and, he, and he hasn't played a full season in two years. He needs to stay at home this season. And he needs, <laughs> like, they've brought OBJ in, in the, into the purple for a reason. He's got to make that connection. And it was also, they've got the double headed beast. They've got Dobbins and Gus Edwards at running back. So they're obviously saying, mate, just give it to us. We can, we can do that work. But <laughs> you don't need to worry. You just stay there and you work yourself out. We'll be fine. I think it'll be hard to stop him, though. I still think it'll be hard. I, obviously, I think it's just going to have to happen at some point. And to be honest, it would be a disservice to fans to not see Lamar run. It's truly awesome to watch him go sprint down the field. And also, it absolutely screws with the defense. Yeah. So I want to talk about the Texans. Like This is just a rude start for the poor Texans. So mm-hmm. they're coming from three seasons with under five wins. They've been re-energized by getting those first, you know, the second and third pick in the draft. They had a really good 2023 draft. CJ Stroud will be starting. It's his first regular season game. Tank Dell is in leading wide receiver in college. He's going to be the backup wide receiver one. Yep. Will Anderson Jr. taking number three overall, adding that pressure to the Texans' defense, who really, really need it. They all ranked the worst run defense <laughs> in the league last year. And if you're looking at the worst league, worst run defense in the league against the best rushing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, that's why I led with my question. It, <laughs> yeah, he's thinking this is stats day, right? You know, this, yes. is, this is my bread and butter. It's they good. actually have a, a new rookie center as well. In Juice Scruggs, who has trained a string, homie? Uh, oh, not, oh, it's string season. I didn't realize. Yeah, it is, ah. it is string season. And uh, look, he's expected to take two to four weeks to recover. It's said that a guard, Jarrett Patterson, will take over at center. And without CJ getting much practice with Patterson, it's a real risk because that relationship between a center and a quarterback is... Well, I guess intimate since they have their hands pretty much up between their legs most of the day. But the handoff and the snap super important. You've got a rookie quarterback who's not even comfortable right yet, like who's already just been taking snaps from a, a new teammate for the past few weeks. I'm going to assume there's going to be some fumbled snaps. There's going to be some issues. New centers can really disrupt the game, especially if they're inexperienced, making it already harder for the Texans who just don't need that. As, as you're talking now, I'm thinking, ooh, do I put my pick six 
on on this game on the Ravens. Yeah, I was like, oh, this this you that's are, actually a pretty tasty yeah, one. Yeah, that is a tasty one. This could be a genuine pick six. Uh, for those who don't understand it, pick six is where the defense turn over the ball and run it in for a touchdown. So exactly pick, right. Pick it off and then they get six points for the touchdown. So it's called a pick. It six. might even just be fumble recovery. But yeah, what yeah. you're saying is locking in a defensive touchdown and. You know, we see high snaps from rookie centers that fly over the quarterback's head. You yep. see fumbles at the snap um, where those linebackers are going in to get it, pops out, and one of the cornerbacks who's got lightning quick speed runs it through. I don't know. Not a bad call, homie. Actually, mm-hmm. I uh, think that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, uh, thank you. Well, it's your data that got me there, but uh, <laughs> I do think you're right. I think he's going to be throwing it really quickly out of the pocket. I don't think he's going to... Like, they can't wait uh, for that pressure no. to build. So uh, I do worry for all the rookie quarterbacks this week with a whole game of (laughs) pressure coming at them. So I'll be happy if he gets off the field. Yeah, I think bottom line, Texans should get rolled by the Ravens. Um, It's a disheartening matchup for week one, but don't lose faith, Texans fans. You've got a long road to go. I'm definitely going the Ravens as well. I think they're a bit of a sleeper in 2023, so I want to see their output. Obviously, it's it's an easy kill to start off, but they better, better show all those assets. Next up, we've got the Bengals versing the Browns in their week one matchup. Now, people are saying this AFC North division is going to be a tough one. You're looking at the Bengals being successful for a long time, homie. What are you thinking about them versing the Browns this week? This is, I'm bringing out the measuring stick on this game, Kat, like mainly for the Browns because I need to know where they're at and what not better to put yourself up against the Bengals. So I, I need to see if they're, the, the Browns have, They've got elements that make them seem okay, but I've got to wipe the slate clean with Watson. Actually, now nah, I've got to put the pressure on him. He's got a whole season now. There's no excuses anymore. He's got to perform. Like, we, we right off last season, he played four games at Horrid, but it's the mm. full season now. He's got to show those connections. He's got to make those passes. And the Browns need to show us if they've got something. So. Yeah, I, I think you've hit, hit the nail on the head there, Holmes. Like, it's this matchup of the Bengals, this well-rounded, experienced team, proven we've seen it again and again, and this team of you know individual standouts that come from the Browns. The Browns relying on Nick Chubb, effectively, as we saw last year until you know Deshaun got there and they didn't give... Uh, <laughs> didn't give Chubb yeah, all much at There was all. no love for Chubb then. There was no, no love for No Chubb. love for Chubb. <laughs> so last year, Chubb had 13 touchdowns and an average of 89.7 yards per game. When all else fails, the Browns can, you know, unleash Chubb at any moment, especially in the red zone. Um, now, Deshaun, he needs to work on this chemistry with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper. I just, as you said, we haven't seen enough I'm not too comfortable making a prediction on these partnerships because we just haven't seen enough of it yet. Um, but if the passing is off to a rusty start, I hope the coach remembers what he'd said and relies on Chubb, gives him a lot of touches to, to make this a competitive game. What do you think about the Bengals going into this season? The Bengals are touted as a favourite and they should be. They've got all the elements, except probably their sack defence. They've got to work on that. So I'll be watching Miles Garrett this week. He's obviously had 16 sacks last year. They need to protect Burrow a little bit more, who's, I think he's the most sacked quarterback last year, but I'll have to check that stats. But like Joe Burrow, he's a killer. He's got his friends hanging around, Jamar Chase. That connection's mm. unbelievable. That like, iconic duo that's yeah, just forming each yeah. year. Yeah. And it's like this year, like that, 
who knows what level they those two will go to. Just I know it's an individual mm. matchup, but that is it could just go off the chain. They are a team. Like they and you add Higgins in, if Jamar goes down, like gets covered, yep. which Denzel Ward might have a bit of impact this week against that, then we just old Higgins will pop up. Like it's there yeah, are they've got they've got a good number two at W right receiver, like plenty yeah. of options. Now their defense lost Von Bell and Jesse Bates in safety. Um, that's going to you know, negatively impact their pass defense yeah. against the Browns. As you said, though, more interested in what they're going to do to stop the run. Now, Cincinnati ranked up near the top 10 in stopping the run game, um, and they're going to need to put in you know, a supreme effort against the Browns if they want to shut down Chubb early. Um, I still think Chubb's going to break through. He just manages to do so. He's one of the best running backs in the game at the moment. I think this game's going to be closer than people expect, honestly. Um, I still have my faith and confidence in Burrow and the Bengals and their offense starting strong. They can fall into a routine and be successful. The Browns, it's just such a question mark right now. Yeah, it, it, it's the it's it's the hardest thing to measure the Browns. We we have an understanding of what the Bengals can produce. The highest point for them is is large, larger than most teams. I do not know where the Browns sit in that measuring stick. The Bengals are a team that start red hot. If they mm-hmm. if they start red hot, I assume they'll get into their work. If the Browns are around, we might have a bit of a battle on our hands and they'll probably just give it to Chubb for the rest of the game. So, <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got the Colts at home to the Jags. What do you see coming out of this game, Kat? I think this is a game that tells the story of two teams on the opposite end of a rebuild. The Colts... Just started, got their rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson. They've got new coaching there uh, in Shane Steichen. He's come over from being an offensive coach at the Eagles last year. He's very quarterback focused, very big in the development of Jalen Hurts when he was over at the uh, Eagles. Where the Jags were in the similar position about three years ago when they drafted Trevor Lawrence. And, And what we saw in the last few years was them struggle and grind. And then last year, put it all together, making a playoff run. It's really just seeing that success of the Jags develop and continue pushing and the Colts start their journey. Yeah, I really think everyone's watching the Jags this year to see how much more growth they can have because like, you look at their core group, they're all similar ages, similar growth patterns. I sort of love the idea of the scale they could go at. And they've drafted pretty, not drafted pretty well, but they've balanced out those those positions as well. Their secondaries are top now. I think their offense has a lot of depth in weapons. You know, yeah. they've got the addition of Calvin Ridley at wide receiver with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. The running back assisting them with Travis Etienne. The the running backs in this game is is going to be off the chain. They got like they they're deeper than Etienne, and I know they got Tank Bigsby as their second uh, as their rookie sort of running back. But there's a there's a house of about four of them, and I'm gonna I can't wait to see how they use them. So. They're going to be a cracker how they use those those weapons. Yeah, that, that duo up front of Travis Etienne and, and Tank Bigsby we've talked about before. Mm. One's very physical, one's lighter on his feet. And, and, you know, that's five great options already on their offense. On the defense, I'm looking at Josh Allen. Not that one. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, not that one. <laughs> I was like, my notes have not got this. <laughs> He's a linebacker who is just having this increasing impact on the defense of the Jags. Sixty-seven pressures and seven sacks last year. 
I'm really excited to track his trajectory as well as Tyson Campbell in corner. Uh, had a breakout season last year. The Jags just look fully formed, as you said. They're young and they've got a huge upside on already great foundations. The Colts, on the other hand, mm. starting from zero. It, it's not going to be pretty watching for this one. Uh, well, it might be. It'll, be, it'll look good for <laughs> the East End. It'll look better for yeah. Colts fans, that's for sure. They yeah. had a hell of a season last year that was just a mess. But with Anthony Richardson starting off, there's a lot of hype on this young man. I know you've there, picked him yeah, out there of should the be. three. There should be. Yeah. There should be. How yeah. do you think he's going to come out against the Jags defense first regular season game in the NFL? Oh, he'll be rogue as like, – I, I can't wait for it. I think he'll be just he's – a, he's a character that doesn't seem to be bothered by a lot of things. So he'll, mm. throw, he'll throw picks. I'll, I'll be sure of that. But he'll keep yep. going. He'll keep throwing. And I think that's the benefit of him. They'll just keep churning over and churning over and – keep building and building. So I think let's watch him because I think it'll be a lot of fun. But On the offense, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver is entering his fourth year for the Colts. It's high expectations for him. Separate himself from that wide receiver core and become the start standout. Uh, Alex Pierce is coming off his rookie season as well and be looking to build on what he learned last year. And now with the new QB, there's some uh, bit of room there to actually grow for these guys. In the running back room, however, as we mentioned in the news, looking a little bit empty at the moment oh, for the Colts. Oh, yes. We're not sure who's coming. All right. What's your bottom line here, homie? Uh, my bottom line is Calvin Ridley will go through, go for 200. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's going to be a pretty dominant win for the Jags. Like, I want to see rhythm and I want to see quality. Uh, what's yours? Look, uh, I think it's pretty clear from how we described it. Week two last year, the Jags beat the Colts 24 to nil. I'm expecting a very similar thrashing this week. I hope the Colts get on the scoreboard for sure. Yeah. But I think the Jags should have this well and easy in the bag. All right, moving on to the Buccaneers traveling to Minnesota to verse the Vikings, homie. There's two teams that haven't really changed that much, got to say. Um, one, I think, for good reasons. And the other, because I don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Um, <laughs> one, I do not care too much about this season. Uh, they better find a narrative <laughs> real fast. But uh, I've got to focus on the Vikings here, Kings of the North. Uh, mm. They obviously, I'm looking at their offense here. Eighth in most yards last year. Seventh in mm-hmm. most points. They can't drop off from this point. Like No. They, and a lot of that is due to one man in their weapon room, which is Justin Jefferson. Yeah. The leading wide receiver in the league, breaking records again last year. Yeah, they've and they've helped him out now. They've added Jordan Addison as a rookie. Um they've got more weapons than him, but it's everyone knows it's the Justin Jefferson show at the Vikings and and it should be because he is an absolute superstar. But they just can't drop off from here. I think they need to. They need to show some growth. I know that's weird, but they need to show that they're more than one weapon. I, I 100% agree, and I think you can't rely on Justin Jefferson to take you past the level that they're at. Yes, they got into the playoffs last year once again, which was great. Yeah. But they need to be fighting for the NFC Championship here, and a lot of that comes from support in the wide receiver room. You know, anything can happen to any star player at any time. 
Justin Jefferson had a really healthy year last year. Injury luck can strike anyone. Kirk Cousins, I think, is the key here. Now, I like Kirk, but he does have some, I guess, silly mistakes is how I would say it. Yeah. He can fall to pressure in big moments. And if they go to the playoffs and this team is a near miss again, it's a letdown for them, their fans, their organization, and and their potential. But they're in luck because they get the Bucks <laughs> round one. <laughs> so a little, little warm up game. Yeah, they should get the start they want. You know, uh, we're looking at Baker Mayfield, who has been tumbling down his career ladder and has landed face down at the old Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even having to arrive at a team and then prove your worth in a QB battle. I don't know if you But he narrowly it. won against I don't think Trask. he proved it. I don't think he proved yeah. it. I'm still, I'm still dirty on this one. There's just not much new blood in this team. Um, Rashad White's returning at running back. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin at wide receiver. You know, the defense, though, last year was one of the best in the NFL, but I think this standard for theirs is fading fast. There is still some excellent talent on the ball, but... I just don't think this team has anything exciting really going for it. Made it hard to kind of research and review here, homie. I don't want to be too negative, but it's just tough to see what they're doing. And if they can show us any inkling that they've got some game plan or some player they're looking to develop a breakout star, awesome. But I can't see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely too early to see anything from the Bucks. Um, so all eyes will be on the Vikings for me this game to see if they are going to bring it in 2023. Yeah, I think the Vikings should be looking to come out and, and make an example of the Bucks at home for their season opener. This isn't a statement matchup, but it's almost a statement game for week one for the Vikings. Kirk's home ground... He's got his fans behind him. It's in, in the afternoon. I think it's going to be a decisive game for the for the Vikings. And if it isn't, boy, are they in some, oh. <laughs> some trouble. <laughs> oh, the review would not be good if this goes no. the other way. So moving on to Titans at Saints. Kat, mm. this, this, on review, this is an interesting game, right? There's a yeah, lot I, of factors. Oh. I glanced at this one initially and was like, oh, yeah, yeah Saints. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then having a closer look into it, I'm trying not to be distracted by the excitement of changes that I've seen from the Saints roster. Yeah. I like it when there's some new players. There's some really interesting characters around there. You've got Derek Carr, got a massive chip on his shoulder after being dropped by the Raiders last year and, and having a down season. Um, Alvin Kamara, he won't be playing this game because he is uh, suspended for three weeks. But you've got Jamal Williams, uh, one of our favorite running backs we watched last year, come through. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. It's just, it's just a fun team to look at. What is possible here? Oh, and of course, Taysom Hill, who's this Swiss Army knife. You know, he receives, he passes, he blocks. He's on special teams. It's just a great player to have anywhere you need him. But I think last year I got the same thing when Devonte Adams went to the Raiders. Yep. And I looked at the board and I was like, well, of course this is going to be a cracking team. And it didn't happen. So I just don't want to be fooled again by looking at all these shiny names. And the, the Saints are looking shiny. You know, we've got, a, I, we've got the idea that they're going to potentially be the top of their div. They've got the pressure. And I start to look at their list and I go, oh, you're not quite there. You know, Michael Thomas has not had a good season for three years. And... Mm. 
No, I know Chris Olave. Everyone's like breakout season, breakout season. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, breakout. All storylines <laughs> live, David. Yeah, yeah. This is where <laughs> it's a week one. They're creating a good narrative, the Saints. But I, on deeper reflection, I'm like, have I bought in yet? Yeah, they're untested. Yeah, and that's something you've got to remember that the Titans team is pretty similar, largely the same as last year. Tannehill's returned for his eleventh season. Derek Henry's there carrying the load like he always does. They're proven they're in routine. Not a, are they dynamic? Are they got good depth? No. No. <laughs> but they've still proved more than the Saints have. Now, I guess it's that question of do we trust in all those individual players in the Saints? Or do you see the Titans run offense come through and, and make an example of the Saints defense? Well, I know I know the Titans are gonna be carried on the back of Derrick Henry. Like, we understand mm. that. And he could have an unbelievable game. There's one little stat that's... Well, not stat, but one little thing that's living with me, and it's the Titans were basically the easiest team to beat with the passing game last year. And it's... Yeah. <laughs> and I just think, Derek Carr, you got a Lava and Thomas on the highway. He's just going to mm-hmm. be lobbing it down there. And it's just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Cars on the highway. Is yeah, that, 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 was, that was a car reference. <laughs> yeah, that that was a, yeah, that was a car <laughs> reference. You got it. I got it in. I tried hard. I was working hard for it. <laughs> another thing that, another, I guess, dynamic of the Titans team that we haven't really considered yet is DeAndre Hopkins. And yes. this is another question of height because I was trying to understand during the preseason and the offseason, is DeAndre Hopkins really this saviour that everyone wants? Or was he just the only bit of news that was happening in the off-season, the pre-season? It's hard because Hopkins is obviously... He was the best player at a poor team, and now he's going to another team where he's, again, probably the best player, like wide receiver In the receiving, for yeah. sure, yeah. But it's like, they don't throw. <laughs> yeah, they don't throw. But like, you know, maybe that's because of lack of options yeah. last year, but... You also, you're right. He's not coming to a, a star or an up-and-coming mm. quarterback. Exactly right. It's it's going to be really interesting to see how the Titans do this. Do they have enough offensively? What happens if Derrick Henry's knee pops out again? Like, yeah. is there is there a concern there? I think so. There's enough of a concern for me to stay with the shiny. So I'll be I'll be going with the bling of the Saints this game. I like it. I, I think this will be closer than people expected. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the Titans' defense is going to have to uh, manage the run of Jamal Williams and cover that backfield with their young secondary defense. Putting the Saints on top, haven't seen enough from the Titans to, to put much faith in yet. So we'll see. Have to see how Henry maintains this uh, performance of carrying oh, an entire It's a heavy load. Time. It's a heavy yeah. load. <laughs> He's a big man. They're big teams. They're 53 <laughs> players. <laughs> Moving on to what I would consider probably a feature game of the weekend, Cad. We've got the Ooh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got the 49ers at Steelers. Uh, two teams, young quarterbacks against two monster defenses. 100%. We've got, obviously, we've got TJ Watt, who was a 2021 defensive player of the season. And mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, 2022 player, <laughs> defensive player of the season. If he plays. If he plays. Uh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's playing. He's playing. He's like, okay, sure. I, I, um, I bet you the Steelers are hoping he's not playing. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can they tell you that. They would love that right now. Pickett would be loving it. But that's the difference between the 49ers and the Steelers. 
yes, the Steelers have Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. Um, they've got, you know, new rookie and Joey Porter Jr. in their defense. But, you know, they don't have much depth beyond that. Where the 49ers have depth everywhere, they have stars on the offense, they have stars on the defense. Yes, Nick Bosa will make such a massive impact for that team. Yep. But they can survive without him because of how dominant this offense is. Yeah, they, they don't need it but it still would be nice it would be nice 100 i reckon if we'd done our tips before preseason, we were just circled 49ers and moved on right 100 the steelers have now created some hype they have they've been building and it's like they've got us a little bit excited right yeah i look i it's well stated on this podcast so we're, we're excited we're excited about the steelers but going up against this offense you've got christian mccaffrey the archetype CMC. of the receiving running back. Old CMC. CMC. You got Debo Samuel, talented wide receiver who also had three rushing touchdowns last year. So he runs the ball too. Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver. You got George Kittle at tight end. And Purdy, who's proven himself to come and start for these 49ers once again. It's just such a labyrinth of an offense to try to maneuver, manage, plan to, to you know, how do you cover all of these weapons when they could reasonably each one of them could be the star on any other team it's actually scary when you list the players that the 49ers have like both both sides <laughs> of defense and yeah. offense it, it just it's mind-blowing i think george kittle is becoming one of the, if not the best tight end like fantasy players don't like him because he doesn't score mm. well but in terms of on field performance on field he is yeah. he's one of the best rolling around i was just saying this to a mate last night that if george kittle was on any other team he'd be the highlight player as a tight end yeah and he's a bit of a rock star too just for oh, yeah, he's a note. massive rock star. yeah yeah side <laughs> note <laughs> side note did samuel had he had a pretty he had an interrupted season yeah he did and i think he's looking to make up for this the 49ers weren't hindered by it let's no. say that like too terribly they still still obviously made it through but I think in this window, they're looking at with the players that they've got. Mm. There's only, you know, we talk about being in the window. You can be so lucky to have all of these X factors on your team. You need to win a Super Bowl with them. You need to be taking them all the way to the top and at least competing with it. You know, on the defense, besides Bosa, they've got Javon Hargrave, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead. Like, oh, it's a dominant, let's not dominant forget, team. No, let's not forget they added... Javon Hargrave mm. to this already probably top it's at least top two defense yeah but I'm assuming they have no cap space oh, <laughs> no wonder no wonder they're getting rid of people on the Steelers of course we have high hopes for Kenny Pickett in his second year but he still just isn't there yet to go toe-to-toe I think him halfway through the season we're going to really start seeing who he is as a quarterback uh, Najee Harris enters his third season at running back he's solid Deontay Johnson, yeah. wide receiver, George Pickens, Pat Frymuth at tight end. They're not short of options on the Steelers either. They're just not in the star power quality. Um, I think the Steelers are going to be better than last year, 100%. Their offense is on the rise. Their defense is back to form. Rare that they have a bad defense, to be honest. But in what they have to start, I just don't see them taking on the 49ers in week one. Could be one of these upsets. They've got weapons there, but it's just so hard to go against the 49ers. For me, it's pretty straightforward. The 49ers are just loaded. Mm-hmm. They should produce. How far are the Steelers behind them now? And it'll be a defensively strong game. So they'll be in the game for a little while. I think, uh, I guess our advice then is tip the 49ers. 
but cheer for the underdogs at yeah, the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. And the last game that we're covering in part one, the last 3 a.m. game of Monday morning. Bit of a bummer note to end on here, homie. Yeah. But we're taking you to the Cardinals, travelling over to the Commanders. Yeah, we've got the Cardinals heading down to Washington to steal the election. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Wrong note. Uh, steal the win. But I'll still the win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, got, I got my notes mixed up. So um, all is possible week one, but... I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to put my name against the Cardinals in any vein. Look, Cardinals are a mess right now, heading into Week One, and and generally this season, they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. They got rid of Isaiah Simmons. Their quarterback Kyler Murray is injured. He can't play. Mm. Even if none of that happened, I still wouldn't be excited for the Cardinals right now. I've pretty much made two notes for them. Watch Buda Baker, and I've done that because I just wanted to say Buda Baker. Um, okay, <laughs> and no, I do want to see left tackle rookie Paris Johnson roll around. Um, mm-hmm. I think he could be impressive. I know they've traded for Joshua Dobbs. Like he was good to watch last season. Like I thought he had. Yep. It. Um, but yeah, I'm probably go. I'm gonna have to move across to talk about the Commanders because I got not much. Well, I'm not done putting uh, a lump of oh. garbage onto the car. Oh, so I'm going to continue. Let me just bring out the truck. Load up. Load <laughs> yeah, up. up. <laughs> James Connor at running back. He's never broken a thousand yards in his six season career. The wide receiver call definitely leaves a lot to be desired. And the Cardinals also have the worst defensive roster in the NFL. <laughs> they will struggle to rush the passer. They will struggle to cover receivers. I know we bash them up. And we have a bit of a giggle when we do so, but this is just my honest reflection on this team. They're barely anything, and they won three games last season. I reckon it's going to be three wins this year or less. Yeah, I can't see them getting more than three, and I don't even—I can't even see where those three are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be yeah, a real upset. Yeah, it's like that's an upset, and I'll be like, ah, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the three. That'll do. I. I I've said it every, I said it like in earlier podcasts, but there are always games where like the Chiefs went down last year to the Colts. Yeah. And you're like, how? They won like less than five games last year. <laughs> I don't know. The Cardinals, someone just won't prepare for them and then they'll nab a little victory. I, we'll just have to wait till Kyler gets back. This Commanders, however, this, let's go that way. <laughs> well, this game in general, I would have been ragging on both of them to start the season, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm not scared to get on the old Commanders dub trade as well. That dub truck. So, but uh, the Commanders to me are doing something. You can see there is actually bones there. You can see, yeah, it. like Sam Howe. Um, he's he could have a good season, right? He could. He could. Yeah. yeah, we've we've only seen him play one game for the Commanders last season. Um, we haven't seen enough to determine where he's going to be at. No. But I think uh, I listed that you know, one advantage is he just has no pressure around him. Yeah. There's no hype or expectation beyond his personal pressure. So I'm hoping he can just find his path amongst, you know, sitting below all the noise. I've seen some like journalists, and they might be just trying to get a clickbait, but they've put the commander's top five defense, you know, like, They've got they, they they performed well last season. Like they didn't have an easy schedule. Yeah, it's not a flashy group of players, but they get the job done. They're not like the Cowboys or 49ers where they've got you know X Factor star names on there. Yeah, I'm looking at Jonathan Allen here uh, as he's going to be looking to <laughs> he'll be chasing Dobbs down. Like it'll be. Mm. I think they've got a, they've got enough. I, they're another team as well that have built momentum from the preseason. They won a couple. 
Mm. <laughs> you got a bit excited. Um, and the Cardinals are so poor that I'm now excited about the Commanders. So no one would have thought this of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, like I'll sum my my views up here. On paper, the Commanders should just take care of business and beat the Cardinals. Easy, easy snap. It is a rookie QB at the Commanders, Sammy. Everyone's shaking the rust off in Week One. It could be a close game, but in in good conscience, I just could tip the Cardinals. Give me a give. This is cruel, but give me a score. <laughs> I've actually gone. I've put a score down here, oh, I've, and I've oh. only done it for a few. I've actually gone 13 and 6 for the Commanders to win it. I think it'll be a lousy low scorer, and those six are two field goals for the uh, Cardinals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you imagine if this becomes a scoring beast of a game? Oh. <laughs> that means all the defense have just retired and gone yeah. home. Yeah, maybe they should. That's maybe will make this more entertaining. Just leave, <laughs> just put five, play, five defensive players out there, see what they can do. <laughs> Make it flag football. It just seems fair. At oh this no, point. I'm definitely not watching if it's flag football. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still watch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a look. One, two, three, four. All right, that is the end of part one of our preview of week one, the start of the NFL season. Come back soon for part two. We'll have that coming up right quick for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Onside Punt. Thanks, homie. I'll catch you in part two. See you soon, buddy. That's it, mate. Stay onside. Will do now.